Greetings, troubled listeners. Welcome back to the Troubled Men podcast. I am Renee Komen, sitting in my safe house on the line with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, man. What's happening with you? Oh, you know, uh, moving right along, moving right along. You know, I had uh, told you last week I had my second dose of the vaccine. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Now I'm about 10 days in. Didn't really have any, uh, any, any big uh, side effects from the second one. The first one was a little bit more, had more side effects than the second one. What were the side the- effects? Um, uh, well, and then the first one, the side effects, I had a little bit of chills, uh, that, that night, but then it was, you know, once I was done, you know, the, the first 24 hours, I was, I was fine after that. Just a little bit of a sore arm. Second one. Yeah. Just a little bit of a sore arm. Really no, uh, no other side effects. Well, wouldn't anyone have a sore arm when someone puts a needle in their arm? Well, I mean, yeah, that, that yeah. That seems to be a side effect with any kind of shot, right? Yeah. That's to, it's, it's a little bit more than, you know, just if you had like a, a vitamin B12, you know, I'm not sure why exactly. Uh, but, uh, for some reason it seems to inflame the, the site a little bit more than a, just a regular, you know, old penicillin shot or something. That's because it's alien blood. Exactly. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> so, um, well, all right. Well, you got the second. I have not yet to get a shot. My wife got her first shot today. Okay. And she came home and uh, she, her tongue was swollen <gasps> and hmm. her throat was like raw. Jeez. And she drank almost like a gallon of water and and um it seemed to help just drinking water yeah they say you got to drink a lot of water that that does uh you know reduce the um, side effects which is something i don't care for i don't really don't care for water yeah i'm not really a water person either it's got to have flavor exactly it's got to have a kick yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) because whatever i drink has to have a kick (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, know, you know, so why drink it? You know, I totally, I don't do coffee anymore either, you know. Really? I haven't done, well, once in a while I'll do a, a, a cup of coffee, but I haven't done coffee since the 80s. That's when I was the coffee guy. Hmm. Before, before 20 years later, it became the hip thing, coffee. But when I was back in the 80s, I was doing coffee and cocaine and working 24-7 on productions. You okay. Know? So that's, that's where I did my coffee. And then, uh, you know... Uh, I'd have eight cups of coffee by nine o'clock in the morning. Back when mm. they had those those commercials for the movers and the shakers, were were drinking coffee. Remember that? And uh, people are doing some editing, and they they're I don't know. That was, that was a big ad campaign at one I, time. I, I, I guess so. But listen, uh, so yes. you got your second shot, and now right. you're able to go out and uh, do what you want to do is that what it comes down to well, now well it, it just it, it so for instance uh, i went to uh, to do my taxes with my cpa the other day and i show up at her house and i had a mask on she opens the door and she goes hey look I, i'm vaccinated you don't need to wear that for me and i said well i'm vaccinated too so fuck it man so you know got to go in sit down across her desk and go over my taxes just like we did two years ago and uh did you, you know, sleep so, with her well, no, Manny. <laughs> no, it's a oh. professional relationship there. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> because I thought since you're such a cheap bastard that you would just give sex as far as, as opposed to money. Well, I'm not sure that that was uh, really, really uh, one of my options. You know, she's, uh, she's. Uh, you didn't get a happy ending. <laughs> well, you didn't get a great return. No, I was, I was, 
was happy when I was done and I, I didn't have to keep dealing with these figures. So that was, it was a happy ending for me, for sure. She's got a bad figure. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. She's, she's a lovely, lovely woman. Um, I've been preparing our taxes for many, many years. Uh, I got to do my taxes. So why doesn't your wife come with you to meet your accountant? Well, she has. She has in the past. My wife was actually uh, going to pick up our daughter from uh, LSU when I was doing the taxes. So we had ah, a convenient. division of labor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. How old's your daughter? Uh, she is about to be 20. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> wow. 22-year-old son. They're both in college. Oh, my and, uh, God. You sound like you're 22. Oh, you're, you're a very sweet, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> so do you. <laughs> well, I'm 50. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Manny and I are, have a few years on you, but uh, mm. but we're here, here to tell you that uh, the uh, you don't have anything to be afraid of. It's all okay. Uh, yeah, oh it's all no! Smooth be afraid. Be very afraid. <laughs> okay, I'm not well. the type of person. I'm not like a like a shaker and maker i'm not like a go-getter i'm not witty i'm not i'm not i don't have any i'm not witty i'm not funny i'm you know so i'll do the best i can i don't know i think we're we're, we're, i'm going to respectfully disagree with you uh on on several of those points and we'll get into all that uh, as, as as the show goes on So, Manny, have uh, well, actually, on Trouble Men podcast news, I, I did play a, an all Trouble Men podcast guest gig on Friday. We had uh, Papa Molly, Johnny Sansone, Russ Broussard on drums, and John Fole on guitar, and me. So that was, uh, cool. that was a first. That was like one of the worst gigs ever. <laughs> no, no, no. It was quite, quite well attended, and, uh, and uh, it, was, it was musically fantastic. It was and where exciting. was this gig at? Your garage? No, it was a, a new a new pop up outdoor venue in Central City that uh, that someone it's kind of a uh, kind of an underground thing. They have a private Facebook page that uh, that advertises it. I'm not sure if they're exactly licensed or not, but they've been having some some great gigs there. The next day they had uh, Luther Dickinson, uh, Jim Dickinson's son, the one of the the leader of the North Mississippi All Stars. He played there and dropped by and. Uh, talk to him about coming on the Trouble Men podcast. So uh, it's, well, it's uh, not it's, private anymore that you talked about it. Isn't well, it? no, it's, uh, it's, it's okay. It's, uh, it's okay. The Trouble Men, the Trouble Nation can, can be in on the secret. So, uh. <laughs> all right. Well, okay. That's so good. what's, what's going on with you and you're in, in Manny Chevrolet world? Well, I've just, you know, I'm, uh, uh, I go to work and I punch in, I punch out, I come home. I, I I'm not going out like I always right. do. Right. I don't right. want to go out. What's there's no reason to go out. Right. I have no reason whatsoever to go out. I mean, because okay. my you know my dislike for this city and this people <laughs> continues to grow. Okay. Constantly. Well, in spite of the fact that you're not having very much contact with them, that's odd, Manny. It's just it's just inside of your house that you're. Are you sure it's New Orleans? Maybe it's your family that you you really don't like. Well, I've told you that years ago. Okay. Know. All right. You know, it's I, old news. I, I, yeah, that's old news. If I could go to prison, you know, one of those minimum security prisons, I'd go in a New York minute. Huh. You know, but okay. uh, I've told you that. But uh, everything's fine. The one thing that's happening is that, you know, I, I have this rental unit next door, and our, our last tenant, she moved out. She was, she was a very uh, – she, li- she only stayed for six months. 
and uh, she was just a, a real a lot of work. This girl. Oh, okay. And uh, she complained about a lot of stuff, and and then she said, you know, her lease was coming up, uh, coming to the end, and she said, "Can I sublet it?" And we said, "No." So she moved out. So it okay. was fun. I was glad to see her go. I think I spoke five words to her the whole time she was here. Okay. Well, um, but she did when she moved out. Uh, we went into the apartment and looked at things, and she left a lot of stuff, and she left. Um, uh, uh, like a, a lot of uh, toilet paper and toothpaste, and she left like a half a bottle of, like a half a liter of this really horrible cheap vodka in the freezer. <laughs> and I thought to myself, you know, because I the only when I'm driving around when I do go to the market, I, I always give the homeless pe people things. I give them whatever mm -hmm. I have. I'll give them. If I just come from the grocery store, I'll give them some of my groceries and stuff like that. Because a lot of people don't know that side about me. But, you know, I was homeless at once. And so mm. I understand. Okay. You know? um, so I made this huge grocery bag with, with all her stuff that she left. Uh, half a bottle of vodka, toothpaste, toothbrushes, toilet paper, all this stuff. I mean, it's all a right. huge, it's a great thing. and It's a whole homeless starter kit. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, exactly. You got everything you need but the home. You know? <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, I put it all together this past weekend, and I thought, okay, I'm going to see the usual homeless suspects that I see every day, and for some reason, nobody's there. And I know we've had some severe weather these past 72 hours. Maybe that's it. But so I've had this package for the homeless, whoever, you know, first come, first serve. And I have not seen a homeless person in the last 72 hours. Hmm. I'll give you place. my address. <laughs> well, <laughs> you give me your address, that means you have a home. <laughs> so more of, a, more of a storefront. Yeah. Um, so I, I have this package and I've been trying to give it to somebody and there's nobody around. And there's this one guy who, who's a, an ex-soldier because he always is on the, uh, on the center divider with this little sign saying, I'm an ex-Marine, please help. Mm -hmm. And I haven't seen this guy. And then there's this one woman on Broad and Tulane who I always see every day on the way to work. I haven't seen her. So where have the homeless gone? Where have they gone? I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, I think they're still out there. I, don't, I, I fear not. Uh, uh, they, they can't have gone far. That's for sure. Um, but I know. also thought about um, the vodka um, is uh, one of these cheap vodkas and stuff like that. But uh, I thought, you know, well, push comes to shove. I can't give away the vodka. I'll just drink it myself. But it hasn't sure. come to that yet. Okay. You know? Well, it's always good to have a backup plan, Manny. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, very good. Other than that, everything's, you know, uh, the way it is. Um, but I, I wanted to bring up, because I don't know if you know this, I mean, you read the newspapers, but a, a former guest of ours, Go-Go. Uh, yes. Go-Go. Um, terrible. Go-Go got robbed. Yes. Oh, little Gogo. It's really terrible, man. It's yeah. so bad for Gogo. Yeah, man. You know, Poor little Gogo. Well, yeah. What's going to happen to Gogo? 
Well, it was it was very very unfortunate. You know, she had uh, the former guest Gogo Borgerdang. She's a tremendous uh, jewelry artist, artisan. Makes these beautiful sterling silver and anodized aluminum cuffs and bracelets and pendants and rings and and she had uh, a pop-up store at a, a storefront on magazine street and uh, someone broke in and stole fifty thousand dollars of merchandise from from uh, from that well, store she says it's worth fifty thousand well right? i mean that's you know I, I know what those things go for that's you know if it, if you had a hundred pieces that's fifty thousand dollars it's uh you know that's the that's Fine, fine, uh, crafted work. That's awful. There. Well, I it's saw really some terrible. of her work. It didn't look like worth fifty thousand dollars. Well, well, I mean, it's the, it, she had her whole inventory, is what I'm saying. It wasn't one piece. It was it was lots and lots of pieces. No, it's it's very so so troubled nation. You know, people in New Orleans, if you're out there, it's very very distinctive uh, stuff. And that's the thing. You look at that and you think, well. Nobody could ever get rid of that. It's it's so uh, you know it, it it only looks like her stuff. You couldn't ever sell it. You know you just have to melt it down, which really would be a waste. You know it's that's uh, uh, it's uh, anyway. I felt bad about that. Yes, yeah, and hopefully uh, you know hopefully the the culprit will be caught. You know that seems like something the the person took it they didn't know what they had and now they don't know what to do with it and uh it wouldn't surprise well, me at all for that person i don't know i don't know about that i hope so i hope she i hope she was you know but uh you know I'm sure Poor little go -Go. well you know we we love gogo -Go. she was a great guest she's a she's a, a wonderful person so that's i was sad to see that so anyway i hope hope that all works out for her well manny speaking of wonderful guests we have one waiting in the wings here can we can we get her into the mix Sure. Right on. Right on. Okay. Well, this this guest is someone who I, I've I've I we only just met on the phone in in uh, connection with this podcast, but I've been aware of her work for many years. Uh, she was uh, in. She is in one of my favorite bands, That Dog. She's a bass player and singer in That Dog. She's been in a bunch of other bands, The Rentals, very cool band. Um, she's a member of the Hayden Triplets who uh, have a couple of records out on, on their the Hayden Family Songbook, and we'll get into all of that. Uh, but without further ado, Ms. Rachel Hayden. <laughs> Welcome, Rachel. Hello. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're so yeah. thrilled to have you on, Rachel. <laughs> so uh, just to, to give the, the Troubled Nation some background on you. So I know you were, you were born in New York, but you grew up in L.A., Yes. And you come from a, a, a long line of great musicians. Your father was the great jazz bass player, Charlie Hayden. Um, yes. And your grandparents, the Carl Hayden, your grandfather, uh, had the Carl Hayden and the Hayden Family Band, which was kind of like a, a bluegrass, uh, western swing. Yes. Band. Yes, your, you've done your research. <laughs> that your father grew up, and now so so I saw the movie uh, uh, Ramblin' Boy, uh -huh. and and the the you know I, I was aware of your father his his you know as a his adult career, and actually I, I told you I saw him play with uh, Kenny Barron here at the Contemporary Art Center in New Orleans yeah. in the early two thousands. It's just tremendous, but. Uh, but come to find out, he, his earliest musical experiences were as a two-year-old, a yodeling two-year-old in the Hayden family band. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Was that in Nazi Germany? 
No, that was in uh, Missouri, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yodeling, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, bluegrass yodeling. He was he was just a lad, a wee lad. Anyway, so we'll get in. But back to you, Rachel. Um, so you, you you grew up in L.A. and and uh, where did you go to high school? I went to Crossroads High School in Santa Monica. Oh, fancy Crossroads, <laughs> really. Yeah, my dad actually taught um, jazz appreciation, and we a couple my sis, one of my sisters and I got uh, we got in as a scholarship because oh, okay. in exchange for him working there. So it wasn't like we were filthy rich and we can afford a private school like that but um not like kareem abdul jabbar's kids exactly or, or denzel kids. washington's denzel kids. washington's kids yeah um, exactly. but this was back in the 80s you know um uh long time ago because right. manny went to uni high manny's oh. uh, yeah i graduated 81 from uni high wow and i knew a lot of crossroads kids Wow, I bet we know the same people. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe. I, I don't know. When did you graduate, Crossroads? I didn't graduate till ninety. Till ninety. Okay, so yes, you're you're, uh, yeah, you're we're, a few uh, years a few years younger. But than you us. started yeah. in eighty two, right? Uh, <laughs> I think. Well, I started seventh grade, which I think was eighty four. Oh, okay. okay. All right. All right. There okay. You go. No, I re I remember a lot of kids from Crossroads. I just remember that campus was so bleak. I just mm. thought, I just thought it was a bleak-looking campus for to be such a, uh, you know, uh, ritzy school. Yeah, ritzy yeah. school. Well, it certainly had character. It was near the freeway, the ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was near right right off the ten freeway near Pico or something. I just thought Olympic. Yeah, Olympic and yeah, between Olympic and Pico or Olympic mm -hmm. and Santa Monica or something like that. And I just thought, wow, this this. For such a richy school, this, this it looks yeah. like a dump. Yeah, it looks. It, yeah, it looks. It looks like a minimum security prison. Okay. <laughs> That's what it looked like to me. Brutal. It has that 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 brutal uh, architectural style. Yeah, I know yeah. Some people really into that, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, I, well, I never really cared for it myself. It's it did seem kind of Soviet era. But uh, some people love it. It's they consider that you know the height of modernism. Kind of POMO, you know, like postmodern. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. So what, what neighborhood did you grow up in? I grew up in the Pacific Palisades, California, um, which is very close to Santa Monica. And I would take the number nine bus sure. to Santa Monica every day. And, um, yeah, that was. But you had a car at the time. That's weird. No, I <laughs> no, I didn't have a car till I turned like twenty two. Um, I was kind of a late. I didn't get my license till I was a lot older, um, just because uh, you know my parents said you're not going to ever. We're not going to get you a car, so you might as well not get your license. And okay, well, so keep yeah. a close rain on you. Well, that's yeah. really cold for living in L.A. where there's nine billion cars. Yeah. You know, and they t they force you to do public transit. But the blue bus is actually is pretty much on time all the time. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. still have dreams about the blue bus. Number nine. Mm -hmm. I still I still have dreams about the, the um, 
the trek that it took, I, 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 I remember it vividly and, and I still dream about it. So, well, I used to, you know, going to uni and I lived out of the district, you know, back then when you could, you had to go to the high school in your neighborhood, but so many kids cheated and lied about their address and stuff. Mm -hmm. School, the public schools were so bad. I had to take the number 12 to the number eight mm. or the number three or the number two to get to school. <laughs> wow. It all depend on, you know, which was going to be quicker at that yeah. time and what time I woke up. Yeah. That but transferring, that transferring is a, it's a lot for a kid. Well, yeah. And then, you, you know, you go to school and you go to the, uh, the, the, the little shop they have at school to buy your bus ticket and stuff. And, you know, everybody just punches your card and stuff and you mm -hmm. get a transfer. And those transfers are only good for like a half hour. So yeah. you get you better catch that bus. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get back to uh to your music career here, Rachel. Um so, I like talking about the bus. Yeah, <laughs> I know, and that's that's why we covered the bus. You know, Rachel, no, Rachel, last story about the bus. Yeah. I was in eleventh grade. Yeah. And I decided to take the number five yeah. from Santa Monica Boulevard right near Uni High. And then I would and then I would connect with the number twelve at Olympic and Westwood Boulevard. Yeah. And and at that time, now it's a lot wider now because mm -hmm. I've been back home since. But at that time, Westwood Boulevard was maybe one lane going each way. Right. From Pico all the way to the village. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember. And I remember, I remember, uh, I sat, I was sitting there waiting for the bus. I was early and I saw this little old lady trying to cross the street. And I thought, okay. I've never been a Boy Scout, but this is my time to be a Boy Scout. So I, I took her grocery bag and her wagon, and I started helping her across the street. And she was so slow and so old, and I felt so bad for her. We caused a three-car accident. <gasps> oh, my goodness. And then, of course, everything was backed up. And then my bus was there, and I had to wait another like half an hour to 45 minutes to get on my bus to get home. But she got across the street, and I felt okay about that. Okay. Wow. Very, very good. Very good. Man. Okay. Nice. I'm, I'm glad everyone was okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But I got home late, and my parents were like, why are you late? And they beat mm. the shit out of me. So anyway. <laughs> well, so, so Rachel, uh, getting back to that dog. Mm -hmm. um, uh, tell us about the beginning of, of that dog. Was that a band that y'all started in high school or just out of high school or? Yeah, it was, it was in high school, um, 11th grade. Um, Anna Warnker, who is the lead singer, uh, before Petra and I were involved in the band, it was her and her friend, Jenny, Connor, who would, they would write lyrics to these made up songs that weren't even really songs yet. They just, they just write lyrics and, and, um, and they came up with a title for the band, that dog. And this is before it actually became a band. It was just sort of this pretend imaginary band that they had. And, um, and we didn't really know, Petra and I didn't really know Anna very well, but, uh, she knew that Petra and I were singers and asked us if we wanted to 
be in her band that dog and um which was just like a you know like a a thought it wasn't really anything real yet uh-huh. and um and so long story short we got together and we 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 played and and we all clicked and and became that dog yeah, so you so you were already playing bass before before you started the band up. Yeah, I mean, I was I pretended to play bass. I wasn't really I wouldn't, and I still kind of pretend. I wouldn't call myself a bass player. But well, you you say that, but I, I got to say, I was listening back to to uh, Retreat from the Sun today. Oh, and, and I was also watching the other day. I was watching some some videos of you playing bass uh, with Todd Rundgren. And I'm thinking, man, Rachel is killing the Todd Rundgren gig to begin with, which is not an easy i mean that's not easy music yeah well thank you i appreciate that but i i really um i don't read music i don't uh i do i play everything by ear i'm i don't read charts so you know i i always there's always this guilt like i could be better if i if i had just taken lessons or if i had just gone to music school if i got a degree and you know i i never but did it's in your blood your, your dad was a musician right? yeah i, I guess it's in your blood you're right you know i don't i don't ever really think about that it's in my blood so you're right, right. you're right and you, and you grew up singing and you have a, a you know a, an evolved musical sense and aesthetic and really one one of the things i i love about that dog is uh, you know, the way Anna plays is also kind of unorthodox. You know, mm-hmm. she's not playing like totally regular bar chords. Or, right. You know, it's it's this kind of almost homemade style that winds up uh, giving you all these these interesting harmonic movements that you yes. don't hear. And, and, and your bass playing is is similar. And actually listening back to, to, to today to the record, uh, I'm thinking... Oh wow! I think I might have stolen that thing from from Rachel. There's, you know, because you <laughs> as you develop as a musician, you pick up certain things and ways of doing things that you you feel like, oh, well, that's a cool uh, little device. And you know, particularly with uh, like pop music, where sometimes uh, writers will write almost the same chord progression. They'll put it in a different key, and they mm-hmm. think it's a different song, but mm-hmm. then they play it for you and you're like well this is the same it's a different key but it's the same progression mm-hmm. as that other song so what can i do as a bass player to make it not sound like that first that other progression so you, and you do it brilliantly by substituting other uh you know non root notes or mm-hmm. even non chord tones mm-hmm. to start certain points of the line which build up tension and releases it it's 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 all part of the thing that makes your band sound so cool you know wow it's, it's, well that's the nicest compliment i've ever had <laughs> oh well okay <laughs> so 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 rachel your band that dog you're playing where are you playing around la in the 90s uh, we played, gosh, we, we started at Jabberjaw, which was a little coffee house on Pico, um, mm-hmm. sure. uh, which, you know, a lot of, we used to play there with Beck before he got big and sure. lots of old punk rock bands played there. Um, and so we started there and then we, uh, we slowly got to 
around um we played the alligator lounge which was in santa monica okay yeah, uh -huh. i played there many times myself actually. yeah we played uh music machine we played the music whiskey machine. we played we played because because uh, uh in the early 90s uh, by, by the early 90s the my band that was playing a lot around town constantly for three years we basically broke up and, and then i basically stopped going to clubs stopped going to see shows and and I, I don't remember ever hearing about your band. Mm. You know? What year was that? Uh, well, my band, the Two Free Stooges, started around 89. Yeah, and I, re I remember hearing about the Two Free Stooges. I, yeah. I, I would always hear that. I would always hear that name. Yeah, we were uh, like a, a Vegas lounge act meets punk rock kind mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. And it was a show. We had people. Uh, Xander Sloss yeah. was our guitar player. Um Matt Tecchio was our drummer. Also, Carlo Nuccio was our drummer. Mm -hmm. And it was me and Dick Rude, a high school friend of mine. I know Dick Rude and Xander very well. So. Yeah, okay. So okay. Dick Rude and I basically go. grew up together since we were like 14, 15 years old. And, That's so cool. And, uh, well, I haven't spoken to him in over 25 years because we had a huge falling out. But, oh. um, and, and, and I went on a date, I went on a date with Dick Rude once. It was oh, very, did you really? Yeah, really? <laughs> very did awkward. He, did he take you to the drive-in? No, we went to the house of pies. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Anyways, that's real, that's go real, on. Right? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Me, me, well, me, 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 me. Yeah. He's doing well apparently, but, uh, uh, basically, you know, in the early 90s, uh, tar heroin invaded L.A. and the whole rock scene. Mm -hmm. And that's basically what happened to a lot of people. Right. You know, I, I think that. Uh, but he's doing well, apparently. He's married with a kid. He lives, yeah. in, he's, he lives in East Hollywood or something like that. But anyway, yeah. So, yeah, uh, like I said, our band broke up because of all that kind of shit. And uh, I stopped going to gigs. I just stopped everything. So I did. Didn't you stop music completely? Like you just stopped. Well, I wasn't a musician. I was more of just a singer, kind of lyricist, right. and a joke maker. Because our show was Vegas meets punk rock, so we tell jokes in between songs, and yeah, stuff like that. But that's amazing. It's such a small. Even though LA is so huge, it's very small. I know. Well, um, Rachel, you you were talking earlier about how you're saying you're you're not a real go getter, but uh, you know your career would would say otherwise. Um, and one of the things that that interesting point in your career is you mentioned Beck a minute ago. You're actually the drummer on on a few Beck cuts, and, uh, <laughs> as well as a as a <laughs> harmony singer. So how does that wind up happening? Yeah, I mean that's funny because I'm not I'm not a drummer. Right, I, I, can, I, I I have one little beat I can play. Sure. Um and and I would show off back then, like look at look at this beat that I could play and uh -huh. and I think we were just hanging out with Beck one day and he's like. He's like, I think we should all we should all play a song together, and we should all switch instruments. And Anna should play bass, Rachel should play drums, and and um, I forget. He'll what play with himself, right? <laughs> and he'll exactly, and he'll play with <laughs> okay. himself, and so so we we recorded. Steve threw up and um, totally confused, just for fun, you know. It was just like right. it was just because we were bored, and right, and um. And I was like, listening back, going, "Hey, you know, I'm a pretty good drummer, you know." 
I'm so jealous just looking at all this. It just it it feels like just kids having fun, being groovy. And- yeah, we were just like we were just innocent kids, you know. Just we didn't think about about you know record labels and right careers, careers and, just- and money and right. I mean we were just honestly just playing because we we loved playing music together and. Yeah. So Beck Beck was my neighbor in Echo Park. Uh-huh. In the late 90s, uh, late 80s, early 90s and uh he was uh, a guy who kept to himself uh, Echo Park Hills everyone keeps mm-hmm. to himself. But I was I was rooming with a filmmaker named Modi Frank and mm-hmm. she was she was this insane independent filmmaker who was like she was a guerrilla filmmaker and it was like we're going to steal the shot we're going to go downtown LA in the middle of you know 4th street and just block traffic and steal it until they bust us mm-hmm. and we made this short film about going to Woodstock 25 which we actually did but we we wanted this one last scene but we never got to shoot it in uh in New York at Woodstock so we knocked on Beck's door because he had a perfect backyard for it. And his girlfriend at the time said, Beck's going to Australia in an hour. He can't talk right now. Mm. That, that was it. But I saw him a few times. He's a very nice guy, very nice kid. Yeah. Very big talent. I love his music. Really talented, really sweet, really nice. Like just yeah. Yeah, real, real humble person. Yeah, good heart. Very yeah. good heart. Yeah. 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 He probably wouldn't like me, but anyway. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well you, you make uh, uh, three records with that dog um, during the 90s, and then you all take a long break. Oh, um, yeah. And, and during that time, that's when you, you do some playing with, with Todd Rundgren and, and these, these different kind of uh, one-off. You know, you wind up uh sing sing on a, a weezer cut and how did mm-hmm. how did you wind up are you friends with with uh with all those guys well well yes you were in the rentals okay we skipped over that yeah Again, a, a very how does that band wind up happening because uh that's that's a very intriguing band the rentals well how did that happen that was when um matt sharp was playing obviously playing bass with weezer and right um he was always very musically frustrated and and had all these songs of his own that he wanted to play and record and rivers wasn't having it and and he just was fresh he was just a frustrated musician and he would come to me and say i you know i've got these songs and i really i want to i want to play them too and and this is all about rivers 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 and and um and anyways and it's not like like I or Petra was having the same the same experience with Anna because for me Anna that dog was Anna's I mean Anna's baby you know and okay. she she it, with I mean she writes the songs she writes the lyrics she, and then Petra and I and Tony would come in and sort of decorate everything and make it make it sound the way it sounds and give it a sound yeah. and we all, but we all needed each other you know we all need right. each other for that and and so i would but there was jealousy like oh anna's getting a little more attention or petra's getting a little more attention and sure. or you know um 
just an opportunity to to go do something. So this different. was a yeah. Matt said, "Hey, I have an idea. Let's start a band, and and um, I want you to be in the band. You and Petra would be in the band." So it was very brief, where Petra and I were in the band together, and then uh, some personal stuff happened. Petra quit. Then I stayed, and then Maya Rudolph joined because Maya, we were all in high school together. Maya went to Crossroads as well, and and was singing, okay. and and Is so this he, the down with P stuff. Yeah, yes. yeah, friends with P, right? Friends yeah. with P. Yeah. It's also it's also down with me. If you're down with oh, okay. P, then you're down you're with friends. P. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> um, are you in touch with Maya still? I am. Yeah. We, we email, uh, exchange emails every now and then and texts every now and then. Did um, you know she was that funny? Oh yeah. In high school, I have, I have little like, um, videos of us just like, like lip syncing songs, like Prince songs and Michael Jackson songs. And I mean, on VH, you know, like a, like a, uh, VHS recorder yeah. what do you call those um yeah, camcorder a cam yeah my dad got me a camcorder for my film class in high school and so i would use it to just to just videotape us having just like it's like girls just want to have fun i even made a girls just want to have fun video of us going to the mall and shopping to that to the cindy lopper song and my maya's stars in it and and she was funny from the beginning. I mean, she just was hilarious. But and, uh, wasn't she also friends with Gwyneth Paltrow? Yes, she went. There was uh, Crossroads Elementary, which was called uh, St. Augustine's. And that was in Santa Monica as well. And that was like kindergarten through sixth grade. And that's where Maya went and Gwyneth Paltrow went. And Mary Wigmore, who's a, a good friend of us, who's actually the, on the cover of the very first That Dog album of the little girls screaming. Oh, right. That's Mary, that's Mary Wigmore. And in that picture, which we cropped her out, Gwyneth Paltrow is actually in that picture. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Well, um, well, just sorry, I'm jumping all over the place here. It's okay, I'm jumping all over too. So, but but again, you know, revisiting uh, "Retreat from the Sun," you know that that third record that I told you I, I wore out when I when I first ran across it, and I'm listening to it today, and I'm going, God, I just love the way this sounds. You know, it's and and it's it, it's putting me so much in mind of of exile in Guyville, and and this, and I'm going, God, that that snare drum it sounds like the the brad wood snare drum and then, mm -hmm. then i look and i'm like oh of course brad wood produced this record right, too, right? that's such a trip yeah that brad he's got his, his sound he's I very love it. I, I love it i'm such a fan of of his his product his aesthetic you know yeah you guys, you, you, you guys uh, I, I see a lot of commonality you know between you guys and liz fair again that that same kind of homemade guitar style mm -hmm. the very unadorned um vocal style it's pretty dry sounding yeah um, not well, a lot of melisma or uh go ahead exile and guyville was one of the albums that anna listened to obsessively in high school yeah and when that dog got signed to geffen and we got some notoriety and we had we had a 
you know, like a list of producers that we can work with. Brad Wood was on it and, and it was just like, boom, like that's who we're working with. Brad Wood. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that was kind of, that was a dream come true. That was. Brad Wood sounds kind of like a porno star name. (laughs) (laughs) He's a sexy guy. He's a, he is. uh, He's a very sexy guy. But, um, but yeah, just uh, the, the whole, uh, it's, I don't want to say plain, but it's, it's just very, um, uh, homey feeling, you know, it Mm -hmm. it feels like people just having fun in their living room, you know, and, and, uh. Yeah, I just, I just. But at the same time, you know, you, that dog had had those elements, and then the, the turn around, and you guys are rocking like Nirvana. So mm-hmm. you, know, you, you guys really had a, a very edgy power uh, thing, sweet. you know. And, and particularly, you know, just just all the sounds on the, those, those records are, are are so great. Well, I could go on and on about that, but Manny, should we take a little break here and uh, and. Uh, you know, refresh our drinks, and then we can come back and get into uh, the, the 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 Hayden triplets and, uh, and oh all the boy. latter part of the, the career. <laughs> sure. Yeah, because I got to pee. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so do I. So do yes. I. All right. So Troubled Nation knows the drill. We'll be right back. We'll have lots of bail, tons of trail mix, because we're setting out to sail courageously. Back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. I am Renee Coman, back with our guest, Ms. Rachel Hayden. Now, Rachel, I know you may not be so familiar with the Trouble Men podcast up till now, but uh, we've been associated with this terrific product for the past year, just about. So, uh, Manny, why don't you go ahead and tell Rachel about this fantastic product? Rachel, um, it's called the Velo Bar, V-E-L-O mm-hmm. Bar. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a CBD kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. what's one of those bars? Uh, it's a protein bar. It's a stress relief bar. We've talked about it to the Trouble Nation for the last year. Uh, it comes in two great flavors, it, uh, dark chocolate and peanut butter. It's a stress relief bar that has 25 milligrams of uh, CBD per bar, and it's taken off like crazy. Wow. It's taken off all over the country like crazy, but... Just last week, uh, the uh, the uh, the uh, CEO of the company, who's an old friend of mine from from LA, um, 
he announced that there's a new, a new bar, a new cookie. Actually, it's a cookie. It's a THC cookie. It's yes. a marijuana cookie. Yes. And Woo. it's 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 Delta I'll tell Eight. You, it's Delta yeah. Eight THC. That's the yeah. that's the kicker. It's uh, they, yeah. They, they tinkered with the molecule just enough to uh, to get it under the the wire. It's it's legal for now. It's a legal thing for now. And right now, if the troubled nation goes to VelobarCBD.com and click on the link for the it's called the uh, the great the GR Eight Escape Chocolate Chip Cookie. Great Escape get, Chocolate Chip Cookie. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. You can get. An amazing cookie, a four-pack of cookies with 25 milligrams, or you can get a four-pack with 50 milligrams, or you can get a four-pack with 100 milligrams. That's the one we endorse. The Troubleman Podcast endorses the 100-milligram cookie. You know, you you make the choice yourself, Nation. Right. So we're going to try to make this quick, and and, and as uh, uh, but shipping is always free through VeloBar, and if you use this uh, discount coupon code called Troubled Cookie One Five, you'll get fifteen percent off your order. It's an amazing deal, Rachel. I don't know if you're into this kind of stuff. I'm an old man. I had I had a I had a bite of the cookie a couple weeks ago. I fell asleep so beautifully. I woke up. I could not find the rest of the cookie. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, my wife and I were going, "What the hell happened with that cookie?" I think your daughter ate it, man. Well, we we stared at her for like about an hour. <laughs> and she didn't break. No, she, she didn't break. break. No. She's a she's a tough cookie herself. Yeah, right? she's wow. a tough cookie herself. But anyway, uh, so this is a great new product that the nation should to share to everyone they know. Uh, the GR8 Escape Chocolate Cookie through the VelobarCBD.com company. And it's it's you better jump on it now because this thing might shut down. The the, the uh, law, the government might shut it down, right, Renee? Yeah, yeah, it could could happen anytime. So, uh, so yeah, yeah. Get on it right now. And and one thing the CEO told me, he said he said it's like acid from the '60s. The Feds made it legal, and right now they want to take it back. You know that kind of thing. Okay. So check it out. It, it's a beautiful thing. It, it's only one flavor right now: a chocolate chip. Uh, cookie quite tasty but, though quite tasty. yeah it's quite tasty and of course renee uh you get the free shipping and stuff and of course yeah. what do you want to say uh to the troubled nation well as always uh troubled nation knows if you want to support the uh the troubleman podcast directly you can jump on that paypal link in the show notes or the facebook page and uh you know buy us a cocktail or just uh support the operating fund Okay, I just want to say one thing in my notes that the CEO told me. He said, if you get the 25 milligram, it's a rec- recommended dosage uh, uh, or sty- if you're a lightweight. If you're, you get the 50 milligram, you're stoner. If you get the 100 milligram, uh, don't eat this unless you have the tolerance of Willie Nelson or Snoop Dogg. <laughs> okay. All right. Good rule of thumb there. Yeah. So okay. check it out, Nation. And now let's get back to our, our lovely guest. She's yes. exciting yes. to me. Yes, yes. Mr. Rachel <laughs> Hayden. Um, well, we want to talk about her, the, the, the Hayden Triplets group. Um, that that the doing all the Hayden family songbook, but maybe just we should jump right to the 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 most recent project you've been involved in, which is Simon and the Astronauts. Yeah. 
So you guys have a record, uh, an early uh, vinyl limited release coming out on April 21st. Um, but then the, the whole record is coming out everywhere in October. But tell us about this this product. This is something that, that you did during lockdown? Yeah, it was during lockdown. It was such a, it was like such a literal, uh, literally out of this world experience. Um, I was contacted um, by one of the members of the band, um, Ben, and he is a you know Weezer rentals fan young guy like probably 30s no even younger than that i think he's like in his late 20s or okay Jail yeah there. real young um they they've it's funny because i whenever i talk about simon and the astronauts i i always refer to them as these kids and they're uh -huh. not really they're not really kids but kids to us yeah, yeah, yeah. kids to us and um anyways he was a, a, a fan of, um, and of Jimmy world, which I sang on some of their music too. And right. so like this Rachel Hayden girl, we got to find her. We got to find her. And he thought, I'm just going to, I'm just going to contact her through Facebook and see what happens. Okay. So he writes me this message and, and I get some messages from people like, will you sing on my song? And will you, and, and it's very sweet. Um, but this, there was something different about this, this guy. And, um, and, uh, I listened to the music and I, and I, it was just like, you know, right up my alley. I love that kind of music and really poppy and fun and happy and, right. and just seemed like it would be so much fun to sing on. So I said, sure. And, uh, they had, they gave me two songs to sing on and I, I sang them and sent them to him and um, like, you know, they sent the wave files or whatever you call it. I don't know. Right, right. Or, or, get... Yes. Corresponding. It's, yeah. it's like pen pals for, yeah. uh, for records. Yes. Yeah. They're, in, they're in England and I'm here. And so, uh -huh. um, and what's funny, which I will bring Brad Wood back into the picture is that nice. he, um, I, he's someone I I've known for years who has a home studio. And I asked him to record the vocals for me. Uh, and he said, yes. So he ended up recording all the vocals that I did on the record at, with Brad Wood. Nice. So nice. that, that's kind of an interesting little twist, but, um, anyways, um, they so ended up singing on the whole record. I Is ended up singing on the whole record because they wanted me. They're like, "Hey, we want <laughs> we want you on the whole record. What do you think?" And I said, "Well, of course." Right so, um, what else? What else am I going to do? We're in Hello. lockdown, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it winds up being it's it's Simon and the Astronauts feature featuring Rachel Hayden. Right. As the record is is built, which is I know fantastic. it just it's, uh, it makes me sound so important. Well, you are. That's the th thing, you know. We we the rest of the world has to reflect back on to you, so you can see how we see you. You don't oh, see yourself like that. I yeah, I mean that's that's nice because you know I'm I'm naturally by default i'm a very self-deprecating person i'm not good enough i i'm you know uh, getting old and in spite of those feelings you're very open and you're very unguarded like i see you on uh, one of the things you you, you uh, on facebook you're uh you periodically will choose a song and play it on bass and just sing it and just I those know. two elements and 
I mean, I wouldn't do that, but we love seeing you do it. It's so dorky. I it's, don't know. It's very cool. It's it's so uh, you know. So I I don't know. Naked, but but it's so charming. I keep thinking I'm. This is the last one I'm doing. I'm not doing anymore. <laughs> and then I can't stop. You know. And even though I know, like I'll listen back and I'll be like, oh man, I should not have put that on. That no, I mean, no. my I should not have done that we love your voice we love the 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 very pure tone again the very honest tone so sorry i I distracted from simon and the astronauts that's okay well wait a minute you've been on lockdown what neighborhood are you living during lockdown okay this is an interesting uh it's (laughs) oh man okay (laughs) yeah i i was okay I was You're living a, with your husband and your lover. <laughs> no, no. Um, I was living actually in like a um, sort of like as what do you call it? A like a halfway house for recovering alcoholics. <laughs> okay. Okay. And um, yeah, and and uh, which which I would normally would totally go for that cookie, but I can't because I'm in recovery. Um, But it sounds amazing. Um, But I, I would be the one that would eat the whole bag. And yeah, (laughs) I bet you're a, I bet you're a ball of fun when you, before before you got into recovery. Right. (laughs) Oh yeah. I was just a ball of fun. And um, you you still sound like a lot of fun now in in recovery. So we like that. We like that. Thank you. You haven't haven't lost your sense of humor. That's good. So it was just, it was just funny because I was in lockdown in sober living um, and (laughs) not, not giving up my apartment. I had to move out of my apartment, had to put everything in storage all my gear, like, I mean, I'm not like a gearhead, but I had like my garage band set up that I would re- record my own demos on, put all that in storage, focused on getting healthy, didn't think about music at all until I got these, these requests from, from the Simon and the astronauts guys. And, and that made me feel really good. I got inspired and, um, and it, it, it helped, it helped with my recovery, you know, it helped me get out of that, that funk that I was in. And, um, so yeah, that's that story. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Cause just, just doing, so w- was that kind of the, uh, the, the launch launching point for you to start, uh, doing these solo bass and, and vocal, uh, performances on on uh, facebook I mean, um, you got back into playing but yeah recording the simon and the astronaut stuff i would say that 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 um ignited that part of me yes nice nice yeah well yeah it must it's got to feel great because that's the real you that's the you know the 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 creative person, the, the, you know, the Hayden family, uh, spawn, you know, you've, you have that, that's, that's just your birthright, you know? Yeah. It, 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 it felt good to get it out again, you know, cause it was, it felt dormant and, and, you know, going to rehab is kind of depressing and, and then sober sure. living, you know, it's like your whole life is becomes you, you, I don't know, like, like music was not a part of my life anymore. And it was really sad. 
but but it was something that was necessary to happen for me to focus on getting well so that I could have music back in my life. So Right. Right. So yeah, so Well, um, well right before this, I was going to say you actually so so that dog um put out you know there was a, a long gap in between records but you actually put out your last record uh which is called old lp in mm -hmm. 2019 yeah and i was thrilled to see that because i was like oh god I'd, i've never seen your band live i was busy when y'all were playing i don't know how many dates you uh, you know but I, I missed it the first time around so i was thinking well hopefully they'll go out and do some dates to support this well of course nobody's doing any dates um at at the same time, you put out your second uh, Hayden Triplets record, like in January of last year. Yeah. So, you know, I guess <laughs> you guys were going to go out and support that record. We were, and it was it was a really hard, difficult mm. time because um, I was. It was right before COVID hit, and um, I had I was going through my personal stuff, and I was. I had to, um, that dog had actually a couple of shows lined up to play like a West coast tour thing we were going to do. And then mm. I had to go into rehab. So we had to cancel those. Oh, and okay. then right after that COVID hit and everything got canceled. I mean, right. You know, so, so it was, it was a very weird time. Um, well, on 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 the on the on the positive side, I guess if you had to be out of the music business, you weren't so far, you know, because you were taking care of your own, uh, you know, recovery. Yeah. Well, there was no. It's not like you were missing out on a whole lot, you know. I know it. It, it happened at the nick of time. It was like, like there was nothing to do but focus on getting well, and and um. So so. How how long was it for you uh, in rehab to like stop climbing the walls and stuff like that? Because uh, for some people it's two to three days, some people it's like a week to ten days. But how, I mean, I don't know what you were doing. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to. I'm, I'm not going to ask you what you were doing. Mm -hmm. But um, so what was the turnaround before you said, "Oh, well, I got this out of my system, and now I've got to concentrate on me." Um. Are you still concentrating? Are you still trying to climb the walls? Are I'm, I'm kind of still trying to climb the walls, you know? I mean, I'm uh, sober. I've been sober over a year now. And, okay. and, um, and, but it's still like, like a daily thing where I have to every day work on it. And, but you were in this facility for how long? I was uh, 90 days. I was in a facility. Oh, so it was a 90-day program. Yeah, yeah, it was a 90-day program. Okay. And then and I was- Bob Forrest had nothing to do with this, did he? Oh, fuck Bob Forrest. <laughs> <laughs> Bob For you know what? Bob Forrest can suck my dick. <laughs> okay, all right, Rachel. That's all I have to say about Bob Forrest. <laughs> okay, we like okay. it. We like okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. Because once I moved out of LA, all of a sudden Bob became the guru of sobriety, which was yeah. like, really? He's not. He's the opposite. And but you know what? I take that back. He helps a lot of people, and, he does. and that is amazing. And I, I, I think that's great. I, I think that's wonderful. But as a person, he's. Ugh, ugh. <laughs> Well, okay. he, yeah, he stepped on a lot of people over the yeah. years. He still owes me $80. I know that. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he owes a lot of people a lot of money. You know, the the the, uh, the ninth step never came towards me. Right. <laughs> well, you know, it's still he's, it's, he still has know, time. Yeah, he still has right, time. Right, 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 yeah. right. Oh, I'm I'm so happy you said that, Rachel. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know that saying "suck my dick" is a really that that's kind of like uh, maybe too much to say on on a podcast. So no, I think a woman can get away with it. I we apologize. Like it, we like it from a girl. No, no, it's, it's a, from a boy. It's it's less it's less appealing. You know, a girl. It's just kinky enough to to where you we. It's fine. It's I, I wholeheartedly endorse you that statement. <sighs> um. Okay, so let's get back to the the Hayden triplets now. So, so uh, now y- you guys weren't pushed into music as kids, right? But it was just kind of always there. Like everybody had uh, music lessons available yeah, to them. It was always there. We were always singing together, um, like family trips, and we'd go visit my dad's family in Missouri every summer and just kind of hang around and sing and make homemade ice cream and and these are all the same ants that were in the in the family group and stuff it's like they just they were just older now yeah yeah a lot of them have have passed on um i think my the only surviving um um uh aunt what we have sharon is alive um and then junior is alive uh, some some of them have passed. So well, your father was the youngest of the family, right? So yes. Right, well, right, no, right. Sharon, my oh, aunt. Okay. She okay. was even. Okay. No, actually, you're right. D- my dad was the youngest. Sorry, God, you know okay. more about about. No, no, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just. Spitballing. Can we get him on the show? <laughs> I, I wish. I wish. Um. So 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 you girls grow up always singing together. Um. What was it? The uh, the the Ramblin' Boy uh, sessions, was was that the beginning of, of you guys per- performing this material seriously, yeah. like thinking about recording it seriously? Yeah, my dad was always like, we should make a record, man. We should, uh, we've got to do that. And he'd always talk about it and talk about it and talk about it. it never, ever happened. This was all through high school, all through early 20s. He would uh, he would just always talk about it, but nothing would ever happen. And so I ended up getting a little resentful, like, okay, I, I, I'm tired of hearing about this Hayden family record. And then finally, one day it, it happened. But it was more of like, it, it wasn't really a family record. It was more like family and friends record. And so I was still right. a little bit like, God, we never got to do like a real just like, like, you know, family record. And, mm-hmm. um, and then we did that. We decided to do that, um, um, later, um, to go back you and and your sisters, uh, Petra and, and Tanya and, and, uh, go back through that, the Hayden family material and, and, and yes, yes. we we found an old songbook that had, um, songs and music, uh, written that my grandfather had co-written with a partner of his and we decided wouldn't it be neat to actually transcribe like get get someone to help us transcribe the the music um, and because uh, we tried looking it up on YouTube we couldn't find anything 
and mm-hmm. we got someone to help us. Right, no, no, to take those records. He had recordings or something? Yes, he and, had and recordings. Right okay, exactly. Go back and, and transcribe all his recordings yes. so, you could, so you could play them, right? That's and what he, I was trying to say. Right. And, 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 you know, again, you guys have to really shake the bushes and, and you're scraping the bottom of the barrel for people to work with. Cause you come up with this scrub Rye Cooter to produce. Mm-hmm. The record. <laughs> I'm joking. Of course, you know, you, uh, the great Rye Cooter yeah. produces uh, the, the first Hayden triplets record. And, uh, what a what a fantastic record! That must have been so so joyful to to be playing that music with your sisters in such yeah, a serious way. It was it was very special. Um, you know when I wasn't hungover, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know some yeah. of the greatest records. You know, uh, Johnny Thunder's "So Alone." I think he was so sick the whole time he was yeah. making that record, but it doesn't make the record one less. I know great, one it, it makes great. it makes it special, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Rye, I, I feel so lucky to have worked with him. He was one of my favorite musicians. I love his. I just. Fucking Paris, Texas is my favorite movie and favorite soundtrack yeah. of all time. Nice. I've got a huge poster of it in, in my bedroom. Oh, okay. um, he was like Sam Shepard. So yeah, I just, yeah, and one of the first things I said to Rye before we worked with him was make us sound like, like the soundtrack to Paris, Texas. <laughs> oh, okay. And what do you say to that? <laughs> he said, I'll do the best I can. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> So, so you did that record in, in 2014, and uh, but then you did a follow-up record. Uh, we were saying the the Hayden Family Songbook or the Family Songbook, rather, that's the title of the record, and that that just came out uh, last year. So that's uh, a, yeah. a current current record, and and I yeah. guess you know once gig gets gets gigs get started again you guys have this whole backlog of of material to go that's what we're hoping we're i'm praying for it you know i'm just i i i know a couple people who who have tours already lined up for 2022 so yeah so i'm just hoping that happens for that dog and the hayden triplets i'm just praying you know yeah no it's it's got to happen man there's definitely a lot of uh pent up demand out there yeah nice nice well you know uh, again w- watching the some of uh the rambling boy documentary i'm i'm watching your dad and the way he talks about music and you know he, he had such a such a soulful approach you know he's so like um so sound focused you know he's always yes. watching him play he almost looks haunted you know yes that did what kind of did is that something did he ever talk about those concepts to you guys did you just absorb that through osmosis i don't know what what kind of influence musically did did your father did you get from your father yeah that's i love that question the way you asked it because people ask that question but not in the way you did and so i appreciate how you asked that question i i i learned i learned music basically by just listening to him play. And um, when I was a kid, I'd go see him play, you know, at jazz clubs and I'd see him at McCabe's when he played McCabe's and, Mm -hmm. and, um, and I would just get lost in his, the way he played bass. And I didn't even know it was called a bass. This is when I was a little kid. I just thought Uh it was this giant instrument that was just, 
you know, alive. Like my dad made this thing a lot come alive, you know, right. and and so that that really influenced the way I listen to everything. And naturally, I mean, when I listen to music, the first the first thing I hear is the bass. You know, um, it just for me, it just kind of. Um, it resonates. Yeah, yes. it resonates. It resonates. And I never, I took piano lessons when I was a kid. He he wanted us each to play an instrument. So he he was like, I think Rachel should play piano, Patrick should play violin, and Tanya should play cello. <laughs> so okay. so we just kind of, we just, just started playing trios when we were kids. And, and, um, nice. and the piano, actually learning the piano helped me with the bass a lot. So... Sure. Um, but I had piano teachers frustrated with me, like, you know, Rachel, you've got to learn how to read music. And I refused to read music. And um, <laughs> and so that they would fire me, you know, they'd say, Rachel, I think, <laughs> I don't think this is working out. And, you know, I, I would cry to my dad. That's not oh. worth, no one likes me. And, oh. <laughs> But 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 that that time spent on the piano was not lost because it, once yeah. you started playing the bass, you actually had an understanding of yes. intervals and yes. movement and how yes. things fit together. That's the thing about the piano; it's it's the one instrument you can kind of teach yourself about music by plunking on. That's what I say to everyone who has kids: yes. make they have to take piano lessons. You know, and, like, or, and you know, even before they take lessons, have a piano. And yes, let them have go a and piano. Play on it. Let them go and bang on it, and just kind of figure out what they're going to figure out intuitively, and then you know, then exactly. Are good. Yes, yeah, because it's all laid out there, and you can really understand how the how music mathematically and spiritually works. You know? Yes. Well. God, Rachel, um, it's, it's been so great having you on here. So uh, is there anything we're missing out? Well, one thing, uh, getting back to your sobriety, I saw this one post, which I, th I thought was hilarious. You know, mm -hmm. you, we we all, you know, the, the Queen's Gambit show was, mm -hmm. uh, you know, huge success. Great. My, my kids are very into chess. My son's been mm -hmm. a, a chess player and teacher since he's five years old. He's still very involved in the chess world. So, so we're watching that. But you were... You posted this photograph. It was a production still from, and the, the girl is a, she's a, a savant genius uh, chess master. Yeah. She's also a pretty bad alcoholic. Yeah. And it, at one point, she's supposed to be at her bottom. Yeah. And she's, the plate, the apartment looks all wrecked, you know. Yeah. But, but she still has beautiful makeup and the hair yeah. is done. She has matching bra and panty underwear, but she's in her underwear. Yeah. And, and you said, this is a male writer's idea of a woman <laughs> hitting bottom. <laughs> you know, I feel, I feel a little bad about that because I never watched the show. I never oh. watched the show. So oh, it's great. You should watch it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I actually am going to watch it. I'm, uh, I definitely want to watch it now, but I, I was making a judgment and I, I shouldn't have said that. No, I thought, I thought that was spot on for not having watched it. I thought that was very <laughs> accurate because that's very true. It's like, yeah, that's not. And then a bunch of other women started chiming and going, yeah, that's not what my bottom looked like. Yeah. I think I actually <laughs> stole that. I stole that from my sister, Tanya. I steal okay. a lot of things from Tanya. Tanya's a genius. And she said that she mentioned it. I was like, God, she's right. And so I kind of, pretended that i came up yeah with but that. that's hollywood they're gonna make anything look hollywood yeah you know, right right be it a disaster or 
an addiction mm-hmm. or all that stuff. It's got to be made. It's got to look sexy. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's what sells. Sex and violence sells. Yeah. You know, so if she's a chess player. I saw that series, that, that show, and I thought it was really good. But, yeah, I, I was interested in, in her and her panties at the same time. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Beautiful yeah. girl, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. You know, I, don't, I have no idea who that actress is. Uh, but she reminded me of some girl I knew in ninth grade. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty go. much it. Mm-hmm. Right, on, right on. And that girl today is, uh, no, I'm not going to give that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a rare moment of discretion for Manny Chevrolet. Yeah. Okay, we're going to yeah. have to mark no, that I'm on the tape here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But listen, Rachel, you've been fabulous. Oh, yes. gosh. Yes. Well, you helped me be fabulous. Well, we're very flattered to to uh, to be in that position, Rachel. And, uh, uh, again, I'm, thank I'm you. so honored and and appreciate you guys so much. And well, I always I always look forward to to talking to someone from LA so we, I can reminisce about certain things. And we do have a lot in common. We knew a lot of people. Yes, that's at true. The same time and uh, I haven't spoken to a lot of those people in over twenty years, but. It's nice to speak to you because maybe you spoke to them in five years from now, or five years ago or ten years ago. Yeah. I have no idea. But uh, if if they ask, "How's Manny doing?" Just say, "I, I don't know who you're talking about." <laughs> okay. Mom's the word. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so everybody, you know, keep your eyes out for, or rather, pick up that uh, latest uh, uh, Hayden Triplets record, the Family Songbook. Uh, pick up that latest uh, That Dog record, old LP, and look out for the forthcoming Simon and the Astronauts featuring Rachel Hayden record, Parallel Woo-hoo! World. Excellent. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, you guys. Rachel, as always, in the Trouble Nation, we'd like to say uh, trouble never ends. But the struggle continues. Good night. Good night. Good night. <laughs>